Faith in Christ Jesus, number eight. Glory to God. I'm so blessed to be able to share with you, and I trust that you're uh, getting instruction from God's Word, and it's opening you up uh, to hear what God is saying in His Word and what God is saying through this ministry. Uh, because I trust, I pray, and I trust that the Holy Spirit is bringing the right message to you in these podcasts. And that's what we're doing. Now, uh, faith in Christ Jesus, our basic scripture, 2 Corinthians 13, 5, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? unless indeed you are disqualified. And people can, one translation, uh, the New American Standard Bible says, unless indeed you fail the test. Well, what's the test? Well, to see whether you are in the faith. How do you know? Well, you go back into verse 20 and 21, and uh, it all depends on what you've practiced. Are you practicing Righteousness? Are you practicing faith? Are you practicing um, love? Are you practicing sexual purity? Are you practicing walking according to God's holy moral commandments? Now, we're going to say more about this today because there's a move right now in the body of Christ that says we don't have any commandments. And I don't know where they get this because it's all over the New Testament. I mean, all over the writings of Paul. And you just have to be deaf, dumb, and blind not to see it. And I pray in Jesus' name that the blinders come off. Anybody that hears this message, in Jesus' name. But uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 20 and 21, he talks about uh, contentions and jealousies and outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, backbitings, whisperings, conceits, tumults, and then he goes on to say, and he talks about in verse 21, lest when I come again, my God will humble me before you or among you, and I will mourn for many who have sinned before and have not repented of the impurity, sexual immorality or fornication and lewdness which they have practiced. Now, this is how you're going to judge yourself or examine yourself or test yourself as to whether you are in the faith or not. You're going to look at yourself and you're going to be brutally honest with yourself. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You're going to test yourself severely and make sure that you're not walking in any of these things as a practice. Now, I know that you could get into strife or, or all of a sudden an outburst of wrath or, or even uh, for some reason you were, uh, you committed some other kind of sin. Well, thank God there is forgiveness in the blood of Jesus, but what you never want to do uh, is to play with sin. Sin uh, carries a death sentence. The wages of sin is death, Romans chapter 6. And um, it always has been, always will be. So you don't want to play around with sin. You want to uh, get it out. You want to confess your sins, like it says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. And uh, because the Lord is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all 
unrighteousness. Amen. So, you don't want to practice these things. Now, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. And we, and we saw that uh, Paul, in Acts chapter 24, verses 24 and 25, he was before Felix, Governor Felix, and, and uh, he started teaching him concerning faith in Christ. Now, that's what it says in verse 24. Now, Paul reasoned with him, or he, I guess you could say he began to, to share with him about righteousness, self-control, and judgment to come. And it blew Felix away. I mean, the convicting power of the Spirit fell on him. And some translation says that he was full of fear because of what he heard. Uh, <clears throat> now, that's quite different. We think people should be just full of, oh, sweetness and love when they hear us preach. Well, there's a time for that, but let me tell you something. Sometimes the convicting power of the Spirit of God, when you begin to speak about righteousness and self-control and judgment to come, it'll put fear in people. People get afraid. People will fall down on their face and say, oh, my God, pray for me. I need help. Why? Because the Spirit of God will bring rebuke and correction and instruction. That's part of what we're supposed to do when we preach. It's not all supposed to be a bed of roses. It's not all supposed to be sweetie pieness. If <laughs> you'll forgive my uh, invention here of some words. It's not supposed to be cotton candy all the time. No, 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 no. Actually, it's not supposed to be ever that. If you go in the Word, you'll see that uh, 2 Corinthians, uh, excuse me, 2 Timothy, uh, chapter 4, when it talks about preaching the word, it'll tell you, uh, be ready, in, preach the word. This is Second uh, Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and, and teaching. Now that word convince is the same word that's translated convict or convince. In uh, John chapter 16, verse 8, when it talks about the Holy Spirit bringing conviction uh, for righteousness and uh, sin and judgment. And that's basically what Paul did. And really, if, if you study it out, you'll see that's exactly what Paul was doing. And the Holy Ghost was anointing him, the Holy Spirit. Uh, don't get fuss over, you know, because I say sometimes Holy Ghost. That's... Some of the old King James versions still sticking on to me. <laughs> I was raised on that stuff, but of course I've moved on to uh, uh, a little better translations. Like this new King James version is much better. It got rid of all the these and thous and durst and and betwixt and all these words that we don't use today. But anyway, we and we don't say Holy Ghost because that's that's um, it brings the the impression that it's. Uh, it's some kind of apparition <laughs> or, or ghost, you know. Uh, no, it's the Holy Spirit of God, God's presence, God's power, uh, God manifesting himself as his spirit. Amen. The Holy Spirit of God. Now, <clears throat> and it's more than that, but I, I'm just kind of bringing that out. But anyhow, convince, rebuke, exhort. This is all a part of preaching the word. It's not just preaching the promises. Uh, some people get stuck on the promises and never teach about living right, living righteousness. Well, there's more to the Bible than just the promises of God. And usually the promises of God, the way I've seen them and heard them and see them on social media and everywhere else, in articles and everything, 
They're usually pulled way out of context. All of the promises of God exist in the Bible within a certain context. And if you read around it and read other scriptures that talk about it, you'll see that there are conditions and there are responsibilities and there is accountability. There's all these things that are connected to the promises of God. But that's a different subject uh, for now. I do want to get uh, to this that Paul was uh, sharing uh, with Felix. Righteousness, self-control, and judgment to come. And we talked about righteousness and started talking about living in righteousness. Uh, because righteousness is not just uh, accredited to you when you come to the Lord Jesus. But righteousness that you received can be messed up through unrighteousness, through sin. And that's why we have to be cleansed from all unrighteousness when we confess our sins. 1 John 1, 9. But 1 John 2.29 talks about practicing righteousness. And now, let's go to uh, 1 John chapter 3, and even though we've talked about this before, but and I've read it, but I haven't had time to, to really get into it, so I'm going to see if I can get into it a little bit more today. Uh, 1 John chapter 3 and verse 7, Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteousness. So don't, don't let anybody fool you into thinking that you can live an unrighteous lifestyle and still be righteous. That's a lie. That's not scriptural. Verse 10, In this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God. Now get that straight. If you don't practice righteousness, you are not of God. I did not write that. I am quoting John, the apostle John. He said that. I'm just quoting him. If you don't practice righteousness, you are not of God. Did you get that? All right, so now there's no more argument. Don't tell me once righteous, always righteous, if the person is practicing unrighteousness. No, 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 no. They need to get out of that. They need to confess their sin. They need to step out of that junk because you can't practice unrighteousness and still claim that you are righteous before God. That is a lie. And I just read it to you. That's how uh, you can tell the difference between the children of God and the children of the devil. Amen. Now, notice what he says here. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning. Now, what beginning is he talking about? He'll tell you here if you'll just keep reading. <clears throat> a lot of people read this and think he's talking about the beginning of, of, of uh, when Jesus came into the earth. No, no, no. Look at the beginning he's talking about. He'll tell you right here that we should love one another not as Cain, who was of the wicked one and murdered his brother. Why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brothers righteous. So what beginning is he talking about? What message revealed from the beginning? What's he talking about? He's talking about Cain and Abel. And when did that happen? <laughs> about as close to the beginning as you could get. Genesis chapter 4, that's pretty close. Genesis chapter 3 talks about the Garden of Eden. And uh, Genesis 1 and 2 talks about the creation 
<clears throat> so uh, we're talking about way back at the beginning. And that's why he said here from the beginning, and he gives the example of Cain and Abel. And he says, this is the message that was from the beginning. What was the message? That you should love one another, not as Cain was of the wicked one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brother's righteous. Huh. So the message that was revealed from the beginning was that we should love one another. And it's talking about the beginning of God's creation. And again, how do we know this? Well, the example he uses is Cain and Abel. Amen. Now, this is, this is extremely important. Look what he says, verse 12. Not as Cain, who was of the wicked one, and murdered his brother. So, inside the commandment that was revealed from the beginning to love one another was the commandment, listen, do not murder. That was revealed from the beginning. So, evil, and, and now notice what he says. Okay, let, let's finish reading that verse 12. And why did he murder him? Why did he murder Abel? Because his works were evil and his brothers righteous. So, folks, from the beginning, do not murder do not commit evil, do not walk in wickedness, and do not be unrighteous. All that was revealed from the beginning of God's creation, from the beginning of the Bible. All were violations of God's moral commandments, and they existed from the beginning, at least from Genesis 4. But if you go back and read Paul, Paul says that these things were revealed from the beginning of creation. Now read it in Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 32. I don't have time now to go, to, to go read that. I, I may do it on one of the other podcasts, but you go read that. If love existed from the beginning, then all included in love existed from the beginning. Now, now let, let me say that again. Listen to me. If love existed from the beginning, and we know that was the, the, the commandment from the beginning, then all that's included in love existed from the beginning. Now, what was included in love? All right, let me read it to you. Romans chapter 13, verses 9 and 10. Now, there's more to it than this, but this gives you an idea, a strong idea of what is inside love. Now, watch what it says. This is the Apostle Paul, Romans 13, 9 and 10. Listen, for the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet, and if there is any other commandment, you know, any other commandment, just like what he's talking about, these are moral commandments, watch what he says, next, next, next line, are all summed up. In this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, that's the same commandment that John was talking about that um, uh, Cain uh, violated when he murdered his brother Abel. Did you get that? Now, he says that 
all of these moral commandments are summed up in the saying, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So love sums up all the moral commandments of God, but it does not remove, replace, eliminate, or change them. Now look at that word summed up, and look it up if you don't believe me. Uh, it's important that you get this. If you add up, if you sum up all the moral commandments, they equal love of your neighbor as yourself. Now this is not, uh, I want you to see this, I, I want you to note this, uh, that the commandments that Paul is specifically referring to are moral obligations and rules. These are not obligations of Israelite ceremonies, of temple, priesthood, animal sacrifices, feast, circumcision, Sabbath, food laws, all these things. They were only for Israel and were never meant for anybody else. Even for Israel, since the destruction of the temple that happened in 70 AD, these have become impossible to keep according to the law of Moses. And, and, and you know, they had to learn how to keep many things without priesthood, temple, and sacrifices. Uh, these ceremonial aspects of the law of Moses are not relevant for Christians. And you need to understand that. What are relevant for Christians are the commandments, the moral commandments of God. You can't get away from that. And if you study the book of Ephesians, you study 1 Corinthians, you study Colossians, you'll see that Paul refers to these commandments over and over again. He tells you to stay away from idolatry, stay away from fornication, stay away from homosexuality, stay away from lesbianism. He, he tells you all these things that are evil, stay away from murder, stay away from covetousness, stay away from jealousy, all of these things. He calls them what they are, and he tells you stay away from them because they violate God's commandments, God's moral guidelines and commandments. One scripture I'm going to give you, and we'll close for today, 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 19. Now notice what he says. He says, circumcision is nothing. Uh, talking about to the Gentile that's come into Christ. It's nothing for you. And uncircumcision is nothing for you. What is it that's important? Now, watch what he said. But keeping the commandments of God is what matters. That's what matters, folks. Keeping the commandments of God, walking right before God. And we'll come back on the next podcast.